Welcome to Sound Off, WKNC's daytime music podcast, where we discuss some of the latest news and review some of the hottest new releases in the independent music world. I'm Michael Jones, also known as DJ Ones on the radios here. And, and with me, yeah. I am Sean Shorty Shorts Anglin, back from uh back from our hiatus. Just a two week hiatus. just a two week hiatus. It wasn't anything bad. It was a, uh, yeah, it wasn't bad. <laughs> Hopefully during that time you could, you know, just catch up on old episodes. That's also a possibility. Always. They're all available to download on iTunes. Pretty uh pretty cool. Yeah. The, the WKNC.org slash sound off, right? That's uh no, I don't think that's set up, but we are on the front page. If you go to the front page. Okay. Yeah. That's right. Uh and that's just one of the many ways to find us. But let's let's uh, get into some real meat and potatoes here. We're gonna be pretty quick on the news this week, uh, but we are reviewing two pretty major albums that are coming out. One the new one by Noah and the Whale, and uh, the new release from The Strokes. So exciting stuff, and let's get right into it. So our first news article is discussing Arcade Fire. Now, if you don't know, they do have a new, not album, but a uh, they're working with Spike Jones to make a short film. Right. And I believe it's around 30 minutes or so, you're saying? Yeah, I think it said 30 minutes. But they just released the theatrical trailer, and one thing that's quite interesting about it is uh, Wynn Butler is actually narrating it, or at least he has a voiceover. I don't know if he's narrating, but there's a voiceover uh, by him in the trailer. Uh, it's actually airing right now at South by Southwest, the uh, the movie itself. And oh, I think wow. it's going to make a couple of small trips around uh, film festivals before right. it eventually just goes on sale. But let's... I'm Talk not, a little bit about what we're hoping or expecting for this short film. I'm kind of confused because I, I feel like it's, I thought it was based on their music video, but then I'm realizing that the music video was just like, you know, part of the part of the film. Yeah, it just seems like it was a mm-hmm. bit of a smaller portion of a large film that's taking place. Um, it's going to be interesting, kind of like a dystopian type of feel to it, it seems. Right. Uh, now, Spike Jones has used kind of independent artists in his work before. Uh, he had a short film with Sleigh Bells tracks that were featured in it. Can't remember the name mm. of it, but it's really fantastic. Um, and he also used to be dated to Karen O of the AAS. So, <laughs> you know, that could have some influence as well. Yeah, Spike Jones does some pretty cool things. And, uh, yeah, I think I think this this album can tie in pretty well with, with uh, some good good video I, I just uh i don't know it's just weird uh well the concept is interesting enough and i think that's one of the things that made the album as a whole compelling this idea of uh this kind of suburbs that when you look back upon it it seems a bit nostalgic but it's not necessarily a good nostalgia in many cases uh if anything it's kind of this hate love relationship and so you're going to take a lot of those themes that it's from the uh, the record itself, and then just kind of incorporate them into what is uh, eventually going to become this short film. Yeah, I guess that is true. From the music video, which I adored, I really liked the music video. Uh, but I I guess it, maybe not so much a rebellion towards the suburbs, but I kind of just felt it was like uh, you know youth in revolt. Uh, yeah, yeah. And so it's it's got a good a good theme. I'm sure it'll. They won't make it too cheesy with whatever sci-fi they have Definitely. involved in and it. But uh, Spike Jones is compelling enough by himself to to put out something that has some some heart to it, if anything. Right. 
But uh, speaking of putting out yourself for heart, meh, uh, that doesn't really work. <laughs> uh, South by Southwest is airing, or is it's the at least the music portion is happening right now as we're recording this. I think it's day two or three. Um, and one article that just came out within, uh, I guess, the local circuit is how South by Southwest is impacting local musicians. So speaking more on a smaller scale, these musicians, uh, like local band, I Was Totally Destroying It, who are going to South by Southwest, and they're taking these risks and traveling such great destinations in order to just hope that someone maybe new catches on to their material and really picks it up. So it's it's a bit romantic in a way. Right, yeah. Uh, I feel like when we watched uh, the Woodies the other night, which was at South by Southwest, uh, even though we lost, even though we did not win the uh, best college radio station, Woody, uh, it, uh, they, they did do some pretty cool things. Like they had their Breaking Woody, which uh, included Chitty Bang, who won, I think. No, no, no. They won, they won for a video. But um, there were some good videos or there were some good stories about uh, bands who had made it at South by Southwest. Chitty Bang, for example, went to South by Southwest last year, nameless, and now they're pretty famous. And uh, the best thing I thought about the Woodies was uh, a commercial which had like uh, Matt and Kim and uh, Two Door Cinema Club, I think. And it was just talking about how they really had to put everything out on the line, just hit the road and hope people like them enough because they were enjoying playing their music enough. Definitely. And this is kind of a mass gathering of that idea of just, hey, let's play and then hope somebody likes this in the in the hopes of uh, making this a full-time job, yeah. making your band a full-time job, which is kind of a scary thing because it's not a traditional career choice or career move for that matter. But uh, if anything, it keeps the the well, the South by Southwest uh, compelling enough. You have this weird emergence of old acts. So you have guys like, uh, well, he's not really old, but you know, I'd say acts that have their foot in the door that have made some type of stay in music like Jack White who's right. who plays these kind of uh, impromptu sets at South by and then you have kind of small local acts from around the nation uh converging into Austin, Texas for these couple of days. Uh it keeps it interesting if anything. Lots of passion, I think. Yeah, if anything or lots of desperation maybe. Oh, Probably I a guess. lot of s- smelly people. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I guess it's in Austin, right? Yeah, so, it's a nice it's one of the nicer Yeah, I don't think it's States. like it's not one of those camp out festivals, really. Well, well there are probably some people that probably haven't may- showered long, you know. Yeah, that's true. Maybe it's worse there. Maybe people do camp out in the streets. There's lots of drinking. Oh. Yeah, lots of drinking in Austin at this time Barbecue. of the year. Without taking a shower. Yeah, think about Maybe this. Maybe there is a lot of it. St. Patrick's smell. Day runs on one of the days <laughs> of South by Southwest. Oh, yeah. Part uh, of time in Austin. Man, that's a... I don't, I don't even know what to think of that. That's just, <laughs> that's too much. It's too much to handle. Yeah. Well, uh, since we're, we're getting past too much to handle, <laughs> I, I'm trying, I'm trying with the segues. Let's get into some, uh, to some music reviews. Now this week we have two big ones in store for you today. Uh, the first is Noah and the whales latest last night on earth. And then we're going to be talking about the strokes. Uh, it's been a while for the strokes to release an album and it's called angle. Right, like uh, Sean England, not not quite. <laughs> but, uh, it's there. <laughs> let's start. Let's start talking about 
Uh, let's talk about Noah and the Whale. Now, this, I believe, is their third album. Uh, they released one last year, so it's quite a quick turnaround for a band. Um, and it's quite a bit different, wouldn't you say? Now, their last album, yeah. which was The First Days of Spring, I it's really a heartbreaking record, and it's beautiful in that sense. Uh, a lot of it inspired by the lead singer's breakup with another famous uh, British star, I guess, of sorts. Uh, yeah. Laura Marling, Charles yeah. Fink, Split. Yeah. Right. She goes and writes uh, New Romantic, which is this just devastating song, and he goes and writes The First Days of Spring, which is about a 38-minute heartbreak. It's terrifying, and it's beautiful at the same time. And uh, Well, it's been a year. He's had a year to recover. So if anything, the change in sound is quite evident. And uh, I guess I'll just start talking about what I feel about this record in particular. Uh, yeah, that change might not necessarily be for the better. Oh, gosh. I, I definitely agree. Uh, and I think the problem, if anything, lies within Fink's voice itself. Maybe not his voice per se, but it's his delivery. How he can deliver and what he's, what he's, uh, or how he's, singing these particular lyrics and there are some cases where i'm just thinking hey buddy i don't believe you and there are others which work uh now he's done a poppier album before that first record that he did uh was very poppy in that sense you have these songs like five years time which are kind of upbeat uh songs like two atoms and a molecule very upbeat yeah but, but those are yeah upbeat's a good word but not as poppy i feel like this whole album just had that sense of just I don't know. I, I feel like there was something about the instrumentation that was trying to be poppy. Like, I didn't really like the drums. And uh, really, like you said, I, I like Charles Charlie Fink's uh, voice because it's so uh, distinct. And he in, in past albums, he's done some pretty good things with it. But in this one, I definitely agree. I was like, you're just doing the wrong thing at the wrong time. And it's just it's not convincing. His me range either. seems a bit stressed in places, and that's it's really concerning. And I, it's not that fantastic to listen to because I mean there are instances where he can he can use that kind of low key, distinct British accent in his songs and make some type of impact. But it just seems that it's constantly occurring in this record where he's stressing himself too much, and it just doesn't come off all that great. Yeah, I have to. I was really excited for this album. Uh, I listened to it actually for the first time with one of my good friends who I suggested knowing the whale to. So he was a big fan because of me, because of uh, my suggestion. And then <laughs> we were both so excited to listen to this and so disappointed. The first two songs I, I couldn't even listen to. That first track, the intro to the album is is really... Uh, uh, it, it really starts to cause concern because it's just corny. <laughs> yeah. It's really cheesy kind yeah. of kind of intro. I I think it did start to get better for me though at around track three. Uh but I really hate when songs have uh spellings. Oh man. I don't well, know. Well, the like, thing is is that he uh right now Mr. England is discussing uh Life Goes On, uh which <laughs> is L I F E G O E S O N. Yes. And it's arguably the best track on the entire record. I actually, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just, it's pretty good. And then he comes in with 
that that chorus l i f e g o e s o n and it's kind of it has a good rhythm but i just i just don't like it i don't like when people spell off their words and it, i mean it's worked you hate before you hate on Aretha? i said Aretha. I mean, Aretha? sure sure it, you can pull it off sometimes but <laughs> <laughs> uh but i mean track 3 did kind of start something it it did kind of turn around Wild Thing, track four, and then uh, Give It All Back, Just Before We Met. I thought they were kind of, they were better. I didn't really like them, though. Just Before We Met, yeah. I think, is the one that comes in with strings. And uh, I wanted to like it, but I just didn't, I didn't really like the strings. I didn't think they sounded very good. Uh, but I think my favorite track is Waiting For My Chance To Come. Um, that's the only track I can really think that on this album, I I would like listen to all the way through. Yeah, for me, it was definitely their single, which was "Life Goes On." Um, it, it, let's talk a little bit more about how it warms up. Those first two tracks really fall flat, and then uh, "Life Goes On" kind of comes in and it spices things up a little bit. Uh, I do like the chorus; he was trying something different, but I think a lot of the problems come with him mixing those uh, I don't know, kind of cheerful elements from the first record and that orchestral sound of the second and it's just confused and it's just cluttered if anything and it's he he's like in the stages of of uh, recovery he's like in the acceptance phase i felt a lot of this like hey you know what that breakup sucked but it's it'll be okay <laughs> and uh that's fine and all i mean i have no problems with that but it's again it comes to that delivery that the following track which is a wild thing you know he's 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 talking about how this 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 crazy gal she's a wild thing <laughs> and i cannot believe him for the life of me it's just it's just the way he delivers it he's just kind of it's low key and he has that that deep voice and there's not a lot to really relate that she's she's in fact a wild thing yeah i mean like you said his his last album was just so endearing and uh sincere I, I, and then this album just i don't know it it did, i didn't connect with it almost in it's any hard way. to it definitely is difficult to connect with this one which is really sad yeah uh but that man that last one he you you get a sense that he's like tying a noose around his neck i mean it's just heartbreaking and it's it's really quite an extraordinary ride i love uh, I'm see. I'm diverting my attention from this record to talk about yeah. <laughs> his better last one, but yeah, this is it's kind. Of, it's really disappointing, if anything. Uh, but hopefully the next one, he either he either you know gets broken up with again, yeah, <laughs> or maybe <laughs> something. Or really, maybe he'll fall really in kind love. Of heartbreaking. Maybe. Or maybe he'll fall in love again and he can write something uh, just as I don't know charming and beautiful as that first record. Maybe everything will start going right for him. That would be great too, you know? He doesn't necessarily have to break up for right, for right. things to get back on track. Maybe but. he and Laura Marling will get back together. That's not happening. Something nope, nope. amazing. That's not happening again. <laughs> no way. If that hey, if that happens, then you may I'll pull this clip up. And that would be a whole lot better than my Black Keys Arcade Fire Grammys prediction. I, I mean, I'm not really calling it a prediction. So I wouldn't really I wouldn't even really take credit for it. But Oh well. I'll give you credit for it. Okay. Okay, then I will take. Well, with that, uh, let's move on to our second album to review. Now, this is uh, The Strokes' first album in several years. It's called Angles, uh, the ten-track record. Uh, the recording process was 
kind of different for this one. And by that, I mean Julian Casablancas, the lead singer, was never in the recording studio at the same time that the band was recording the uh, instrumentals for this record. And uh, whether or not that has an influence, we'll talk about it a little bit. And whether or not his, the fact that he just put out kind of an electro-poppy solo album might have some significance as well. So let's get right into it. What did you think about the Strokes' angles? Uh, my immediate reaction is mediocre. I like it. I like it enough to listen to it all the way through. There was one track, I can't remember, I think it was Games, that I didn't like. It was just like too slow and too not my style. But the rest of it, I think, is, you know, it has that, that Strokes feel that that I think is good enough to uh to listen to. You can definitely tell that Casablanca's is that Casablanca. That's fine. I, okay. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you can tell his his vocals aren't what they used to be, uh, but there is still some Strokes innovation. Uh, well, maybe innovation isn't the word. Uh, it's their sound, but it's not as creative as it used to be. I I definitely like their older music more. Definitely. Well, they definitely take uh some chances, some leaps of faith. For one, the album art, which I believe is just appallingly ugly. Yeah, it's lame. Uh, but, uh, but it does set a pretty good tone for some of the crazy sounds. Uh, Casablanca's uh, solo album, I think, has a, a tremendous impact within this record because they're not that, they don't present this kind of traditional uh, room on fire uh, uh, type of sound. It's It's really kind of, a lot of new wave, I'm feeling, some chill wave, if you would like, okay. influences. And I think part of that is because of uh, the kind of electro pop that he puts into that soul album coming back to life here. Uh, and really that first track, Machu Picchu, is a great example of what is to come for the record. And I, I did enjoy this quite a bit. Uh, there were some instances where uh, I was just wondering what they were thinking uh, particularly, you're so right. Uh, that that track drove me crazy when I first heard it. But beside that, you know, it starts off strong. Those first two tracks, Machu Picchu, and then their single, uh, Undercover of Darkness, which is okay. It doesn't have that same uh, vivacious. We're drunk and we're gonna play shows in in New York, and hopefully somebody will like us. But hey, we don't really care about that because we just want to play music for the fun of it. It kind of has some of that there, but it doesn't seem all to be there. Uh, and then later into the album, they really changed things up a bit. Uh, Gratisfaction sounds as if they were wanting to be a Thin Lizzy band for quite some time. <laughs> it, it has, if if you have listened to Free Energy before, uh, one of the first associations that I thought was is that kind of sound that Free Energy is revitalizing uh, now from their debut that came out last year. But... Outside of that, you know, I really do like some of the the kind of slow tracks or the slow vibes that they can prevent and I or uh, provide, uh, especially really late. And life is simple in the moonlight. It's kind of uh, laid back. Let's Julian do his work. And for if one thing is to be said, it's that the instrumentals on this record are really top notch. Uh, mm-hmm. If anything, this band has kept up what they've been good at for for quite some time. Definitely. I I really just don't have that much to say. I, I feel like it's a al- it's an album that I'll have to keep listening to and I think I will be able to keep listening to 
and uh, I think I will like some some more of the tracks uh, over time. But right now, it's just uh, it's a uh, media. I just it didn't make that much of an impact. No, on me. see, I I really liked it. It's it's easy to listen to. I didn't really find find it too difficult to start getting into. There are a couple of abrasive points here and there, but outside of that, you just have to realize that they're accommodating to this this uh, I don't know new th- style that they mm. want to present. So you get that classics. It's like Coke with pep with lime mm. in a way. <laughs> okay. I may have made that as, like assumption or uh, association before on an older episode, but uh, it's kind of like this Coke with lime feeling. It's, you know, the strokes are there and you can tell it's their sound. It's distinctly their sound, but there's that, there's that little tint to it. Mm-hmm. And if anything, it's this kind of uh, new wave-ish feel. It's you like know. a it's like a squirt of citrus in your eye. Exactly. No, 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 no not, not like that. <laughs> it's bad. It's bad. No, it's uh, it's like uh, if Julian Casablanca just listened to a lot of Torre Moi recently. Mm. I don't know if that. No, maybe. I guess I I I agree with you that I could listen to it and like it, and I I listened to the whole album and liked it except for just one track. It's just that it didn't make enough of an impact on me to be like, ooh, because I like albums and I like this album as a whole. But when I think of music, I usually think, okay, I want to play this song and this song and I really want to listen to this song or this type of sound. And in this this whole album, there wasn't a song that right now I could be like, I really want to listen to that song. All right. No, that's fair enough. That's I can I can see where you'd say that because they're not, I think you mentioned this earlier, they're not doing something that's outright innovative. Right. Uh, like, their their earlier music was really kind of pioneering that early 21st century rock uh, yeah. scene. But this, it, it, it's a bit of a diversion, if anything. And I can see how it would definitely alienate some listeners. But ultimately, it didn't really alienate me, if, if anything. Hmm. But uh, with that, let's... Let's wrap things up, eh? All right. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, not the most eventful week of music. South by Southwest, if uh, if you're there, I guess, is hopping. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, two interesting albums and uh, two big, big names, and hopefully they'll, they'll do some more stuff. Yeah, we'll definitely see what their touring schedule is like. Now, I know that the Strokes have already signed on for several uh, summer tours or summer, uh, uh, I don't know, concert series. I, it'll be interesting what no in the whale necessarily does. We'll see. Yeah. Big big question mark. Big yeah. If if this was like a, a video podcast, this would be the point where I'd edit like a humongous question mark just <laughs> coming in on the screen like in a Twilight Zone episode. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I, and that might actually help them because I had such high expectations for them and now now I guess, you know. Well well both of these records really had pretty high expectations. I mean, think about it. This is the Shrek's first album and I want to say four or five years. Yeah, but I'm what I meant is that the knowing the well kind of let me down. Oh, okay. And the strokes I I mean I'm I have no negative opinion of this album. I'm just completely neutral. But knowing the well I was pretty upset yeah. with. So. This one I, I don't know if I could compare to that feeling that you have right now unless the national released an album and it was just Yakety Sax for forty minutes. <laughs> the Benny Hill theme. That would break my heart in half. Yeah, you're a 
I guess you like the national oh, a little yeah, bit. It's, yeah. <laughs> but uh, let's, yeah, let's wrap things up. Uh, once again, you can always email us ideas for for news articles that we should be discussing or albums that we should be reviewing. It's soundoff at wknc.org. You can also follow us on Twitter, and that is at WKNC sound off well that seems to just about do it for this episode uh next week i'm i'm very excited actually about next week's episode it's gonna be a good oh yeah uh i mean the dodo's no color and then kurt vile's newest album release which is which title is 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 escaping me right now i can't say i know yeah we'll we'll tell you next week and we'll probably tweet it out as well um but uh until then we are gonna sound off and we will see you later Go see some live music.